early Renaissance. There was a, a rector of All Hallows, Lombard Street, London, Alexander Bailey in 1508, was extremely popular with a poem called Ship of Fools. But I'll just read the L'Envoy of Barclay to the fools. Ye mocking fools that in scorn set your joy, proudly despising God's punition, take ye example by Ham, the son of Noy, which laughed his father unto derision, which him after cursed for his transgression and made him servant to all his line and stock. So shall ye caitiffs at the conclusion, since ye are not, and other scorn and mock. Sir Thomas More, in the opinion of Ben Jonson, Shakespeare's friend and rival, was a model of pure and elegant style. And there's more of his work on hand because it was all properly and carefully printed. So we will read his lamentation written by Master Tom Moore in his youth at the death of Queen Elizabeth, mother to King Henry VIII, wife to King Henry VII, and eldest daughter to King Edward IV. She died in childbed in February 1503. O ye that put your trust and confidence in worldly joy and frail prosperity, that shall live here as ye should never hence. Remember death and look here upon me. In sample, I thank, there may no better be. Yourself wot well that in this realm was I, your queen, but late, and lo, now here I lie. Was I not born of old worthy lineage? Was not my mother queen, my father king? Was I not a king's fair in marriage? Had I not plenty of every pleasant thing? Merciful God, this is a strange reckoning. Riches, honor, wealth, and ancestry hath me forsaken, and lo, now here I lie. If worship might ha kept me, I'd not gone. If white might ha me saved, I needed not fear. If money might have hope, I lacked none. But, O oh God, what veileth all this gear? When death is come, thy mighty messenger, obey we must, there is no remedy. Me hath he summoned, and lo, now here I lie. Yet was I late promised otherwise, this year to live in wealth and delicy. Lo, where to cometh thy blondishing promise of false astrology? and dewy netris. O oh, 
of God's secrets, making thyself so wise. How true is for this year thy prophecy. The year yet lasteth, and lo, now here I lie. O brittle wealth, as full of bitterness, thy single pleasure doubled is with pain. Account my sorrow first in my distress in sundry wise, and reckon there again the joy that I have had. And our days, and I dare sain, for all my honour, endured yet have I more woe than wealth, and lo, now here I lie. Where are our castles? Now where are our towers? Goodly Richmond's son, art thou gone from me? At Westminster that costly work of yours, mine own dear Lord, now shall I never see. Almighty God vouchsafe to grant that ye, for you and your children well may edify, my palace builded is, and lo, now here I lie. Adieu, mine own dear spouse, my worthy Lord, the faithful love that died, that did us both combine in marriage and peaceable concord, and to your hands here I clean resign to be bestowed upon your children and mine. Erst were you, Father, and now must ye supply the mother's part also, for now here I lie. Farewell, my daughter, Lady Margaret. God wot full oft it grieved hath my mind that ye should go where we should seldom meet. Now am I gone and have left you behind, O mortal folk, that we be very blind, that we least fear, full oft it is most knee. From you depart I first, and lo, now here I lie. Farewell, madame, my lord's worthy mother. Comfort your son, and be of good cheer. Take all a worth, for it will be no another. Farewell, my daughter Catherine, late the fear. To Prince Arthur, mine own child so dear. It booteth not for me to weep or cry. Pray for my soul, for lo, now here I lie. Adieu, Lord Henry, my long son, adieu. Our Lord increase your honor and estate. Adieu, my daughter Mary, bright of hue. God make you virtuous, wise, and fortunate. Adieu, sweetheart, my little daughter Kate. Thou shalt, sweet babe, such is thy destiny. Thy mother never know, for lo, now here I lie. Lady Cicely, Anne, and Catherine, farewell, my beloved sisters three. O Lady Briget, other sister mine, lo, here the end of worldly vanity. Now well are ye that earthly folly flee and heavenly things love and magnify. Farewell and pray for me, for lo, now here I lie. Adieu, my lords, adieu, my ladies all, adieu, my faithful servants, every one. Adieu, my commons, whom I never shall see in this world. Wherefore, to thee alone, immortal God, verily three in one I me commend. Thy infinite mercy show to thy servant, for lo, now here I lie. And he wrote also many poems to fortune. Here's one of his shorter ones. 
The Words of Fortune to the People, Thomas More. Mine high estate, power, and authority, if ye nay know, and search, and ye shall spy, that rich is, worship, wealth, and dignity, joy, rest, and peace in all things finally, that any pleasure or profit may come by to man's comfort, aid, and sustenance, is all at my devise and ordinance. Without my favor there is nothing won. Many a martyr have I brought at last to good conclusion that fondly was begun, and many a purpose bound and sure and fast with wise provision I have overcast without good hap there may no wit suffice. Better is to be fortunate than wise. And therefore hath there some men been or this, my deadly foes, and written many a bookie to my dispraise. And other cause there is, but for me list not friendly on them look. Thus like the fox they fare that once forsook, the pleasant grapes and gan for to defy them because he leapt and could not come by them. But let them write, their labor is in vain, for well ye wote, mirth, honor, and riches, much better is than penury and pain. The needy wretch that lingereth in distress without my help is ever comfortless, a very burden, odious and loath to all the world and eke to himself both. But he that by my favor may ascend to mighty power and excellent degree, a com common will to govern and defend, oh, in how blissed condition standeth he, himself in honor and felicity, and over that may further and increase a region whole in joyful rest and peace. Now in this point there is no more to say. Each mon hath of himself the governance, but every white then following his own way. And he that out of poverty and mischance list for to live, and will himself in haunts, in wealth and riches, come forth and wait on me, and he that will be a beggar, let him be. Now, when Thomas More was in the Tower of London for defying King Henry VIII, he wrote two short ballets, Louis the Lost Lover. A flattering fortune, look thou never so fair, or never so pleasantly begin to smile, as though thou wouldst my ruin all repair. During my life thou shalt me not beguile. Trust shall I God to enter in a while. His heaven or haven, sure and uniform. Ever after thy calm look I for a storm. Davy the Dicer. Long was I, Lady Luck, your serving man, and now have lost again all that I got 
Wherefore, when I think on you now and then, and in my mind remember this and that, ye may not blame me, though I beshrew your cat. But in faith I bless you again a thousand times for lending me now some leisure to make rhymes. Skelton I've read from many times on this uh, platform. He was a poet laureate of Henry VIII and attained great elegance of language. Erasmus pronounced Skelton the light and ornament of English scholars. He was a priest also and very interested in satire. This is his prologue to the bogey of court. In autumn, when the sun in urgeny by radiant heat enwrapped hath our corn, when Luna full of mutability as emperors the diadem hath worn, of our pole arctics smiling hoff and scorn at our folly and our unsteadfastness, the time when Mars to war him did dress, I challenge to mind the great authority of poets old, which full craftily under as courty terms as could be, can touch a truth and cloak subtly with fresh utterance full sententiously diverse in style. Some spared not vice to write, some of mortality nobly did indict, whereby I read their renown and their fame may never die but evermore endure. I was sore moved to force the same, but ignorance full soon did me discure, and showed that in this art I was not sure, for to illumine she said I was too dull, advising me my pen away to pull, and not to write for he so well attain, exceeding further than his conning is. His head may be hard, but feeble his brain. Yet have I known such ere this. But of reproach surely he may not miss that climbeth higher than he may footing have. What and he slide down who shall him save? Thus up and down my mind was drawn and cast, that I nay wisty what to do was besty, so sore and weird that I was at the lasty, and forced to sleepy, and for to take some rusty, and to lie down as soon as I me dressedy. At Harwich port slumbering as I lay in mine host's house called Powers K. The celebrated Earl of Surrey Description of spring, wherein each thing renews, save only the lover. The soot season that bud and bloom forth brings, with green hath clad the hill and eke the vale. The nightingale with feathers new she sings, the turtle to her make hath told her tale. 
Summer is come for every spray now springs. The heart hath hung his old head on the pale. The book in break his winter coat he flings. The fishes fleet with new repaired scale. The adder all her slog away she flings. The sweet swallow pursueth the flies small. The busy bee her honey now she mings. Winter is worn that was a flower's bale. And thus I see among these pleasant thingies, each care decays and yet my sorrow springies. Description of the restless estate of a lover. When youth had led me half the race that Cupid's scourge had made me run, I looked back to meet the place from whence my weary course begun. And then I saw how my desire by guiding ill had let my way, mine eye, too greedy of their hire, had made me lose a better prey. For when in sighs I spent the day and could not cloak my grief with game, the boiling smoke did still beray the pursent heat of secret flame. And when salt tears did bane my breast, where love his pleasant trains had sown, the fruit thereof the fruities oppressed, or that the buddies were sprung and blown. And when mine eye did still pursue the flying chase of their request, their greedy looks died oft, renew the hidden woundy within my breast. And every look these cheeks might stain, from deadly pale to glowing red, by outward signs appeared plain the woe wherewith my heart was fed. But all to late love learneth me to paint all kind of colors new, to blind their eyes that else should see my sparkled cheeks with Cupid's hue. And now the covert breast I claim that worships Cupid secretly and nourisheth his sacred flame, from whence no blasting sparks do flee. I thought it would be best to go back a bit to Lydgate, a monk, a bury, who wrote when Chaucer was writing. This is a little section of a prologue to his third book, The Fall of Princess. Like a pilgrim which that goeth on foot, and hath none horse to relieve his travail, woe dry and weary, and may find no booty, of will cold when thrust doth him assail. Wine nor liqueur that may to him avail. Write so fair I which in my business no succour find my rudeness to redress. I mean as thus I have no fresh liqueur out of the conduits of Calliope. <clears throat> 
nor through Clio in rhetoric, no flower in my labor for to refresh me, nor the sisters in number threes, three, which with Cythera on Parnasso dwell. They never me gave drink once of their well, nor of their springs clear and crystalline that sprang by touching of the Pegasus. Their favor lacketh my making ten lumine. I find their balmy of so great scarcity to tame their tons with some drop of plenty. For Polyphemus throw his great blindness hath in me dirked of Argus the brightness. Our life here short of wit the great dullness, the heavy soul troubled with travail, and of memory the glassying brutalness, dreed and uncunning hath made a strong battail, with weariness my spirit to assail. And with their subtle creeping in most quaint, hath made my spirit in making for to faint. And over mere the fearful forwardness of my stepmother, called Oblivion, hath a bastel of forgetfulness to stop the passage and shadow my reason, that I might have no clear direction in translating of new to quick me stories to write of old antiquity. Thus was I set and stood in double wear at the meeting of fearful ways twain. The one was this who ever list to leer, whereas good will gone me constrain. Focus to accomplish, for to do my pain came ignorance with a menace of dread. My pen to rest I durst not precede. Proceed, sorry. We'll finish up with Lord Surrey. A praise of his lady. Give place, you ladies, and be gone. Boast not yourselves at all, for here at Hond approacheth one whose face will stain you all. The virtue of her lively looks excels the precious stone. I wish to have none other bookies to read or look upon. In each of her to crystallize smileth a naked boy. It would you all in heart suffice to see that lamp of joy. I think nature hath lost the mold where she her shape did take. Or else I doubt if nature could so fair a creature make. She may be well compared unto the phoenix kindy, whose like was never seen nor heard, that any man can find thee. In life she is Diana chaste, in truth Penelope, in word and eke indeed steadfast, what will you more we sigh? If all the world were sought so far, who could find such a white? Her beauty twinkleth like a star within the frosty night.
Thank you.